the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hey there. Hi there. Ho there. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Investing in the time of COVID, the market's taking a bit of a breather today, which I'm fine with. If you take a look at March, we were oversold. But if you take a look at April and May, we were overbought. Um, Starting to focus on financial issues again and not necessarily cures and um, vaccines. That was last week's story. This week's story is all about China. What are we going to do? Um, it's gotten tense. It's gotten political. It's gotten, um, you know, if you were to boil it down in the stupidest possible ways, you could say China probably covered up a lot of the COVID and with their own country people, and a lot of people died. You just kind of assume that because that's what the media tells us through the years, right? Never been to China. I don't want to go to China. I barely want to leave home. Um, but Are they getting strong against the United States because they've mismanaged some stuff? Is Trump getting strong against China because he's mismanaged some stuff? Kind of feels like both might be possible. Um, I ended the hour with the phrase that pays, don't fight the Fed. Jamie Dimon, big banker, said it uh, earlier this week, don't fight the Fed, don't fight the Fed, don't fight the Fed. Keep saying it until... you're in the market. It's too late for you to jump in and expect April and May kind of returns, but it's never too late to start saving for retirement and taking a look at stocks. Disney's 10% from its all-time high. I'm okay with that. In my life, Disney has been since I was a child. I watched the movie. I was living in Greece. Um, I've lived overseas for the majority of my childhood, um, all but like three years, uh, maybe four years. And I'm look talking grades, but you get the idea. Um, I, I remember Disney movies coming to you know uh, cinemas and like Escape from Witch Mountain. I was stoked for, which may or may not have had a very young Kurt Russell. <laughs> I remember crying at the end of Old Yeller, bawling at the end of Old Yeller. He dies of cancer. Spoiler alert. The dog dies of cancer. I know you're saying, who wrote that messed up content for children? I know. But I look at at Disney and I go, I'm okay owning that for 10, 15, 20, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 years. They've lived through, you know, Korea and Vietnam and high oil and low oil. They've lived through Ebola, COVID. They, they, they can't be taken down. The most horrible thought in the world would be a terrorist hitting Disneyland. I lost my mind when that kid in Connecticut took a gun to an elementary school and killed kindergartners and first graders. I had a kid in kindergarten and first grade. 
didn't like that. That that bothered me enormously. But Disney's lived through that. Their stock has done well through that. Um, they are a brand that mothers turn to. Oftentimes I say this, and I say this lightly. Take it as a joke. Um, it took man seven days to make, or to, you know, men created the world, right? But women refined it. And if you look at the refinement process, there's an investment angle there. They want good schools for their children. They want the house that's close to the good school. They want the house with a sidewalk that's close to the good school. You find a house with a sidewalk near a good school, it's probably going to go up in value. Same can be said about Disney. How many mothers, you know, want their kids to wait till they're 18 to see a war movie where a guy's arm gets blown off and he picks it up in, in, in the violence and saving Private Ryan? Love that movie. Father was in the military, and that was a great movie because every time someone tried to do something right, they died. <laughs> it was messed up. Um, that's very, very uh, interesting. Um, try to save a child, you died. Try to not try to let an enemy prisoner off. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil that movie. I'm spoiling movies today. That's what I do. Uh, Old Yeller dies of cancer. Costco's a little bit lower today. Salesforce is down 5%. Um, Costco had a decent quarter. They beat on the top and bottom lines. Salesforce issued downside guidance in full year uh, guidance. Twitter, they're trading lower. They are in President Trump's crosshairs. President Trump tweeted something that seemed to quote historical violence. Talking about if you're going to riot, you know, we're bringing the guns and we'll shoot you. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, so they buried that tweet. And you know, Trump's having a field day with that, right? So a lot going on in the markets right now. Stocks are mixed. Trump's going to be talking about China. Fed Chairman uh, Jerome Powell talking right now. Do you remember last year and the year before when we had all the drama about Jerome Powell and like um, Trump appointed him and then Trump wants to fire him and you can't really fire him? Anyhow, in good news and other news, Sony's PlayStation has announced an event to present the first look at the PlayStation 5 launch titles. It's scheduled for June 4th. Um, whether you want to believe this or not, COVID's made uh, more gamers. Not like babies, not like uh, Ninja Tyler Blevins is having intercourse with a female gamer and they're making gamer kids. No, 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 no. Uh, people are locked up and they're playing video games. The video game market's smart. I saw uh, some research that there's over 5,000 uh, discounts now on old titles. I'm like, I didn't even know there's 5,000 games. Smart. Get the games in the hands of people when you can. And this time next year, people will be talking about the PlayStation 5. Did you get one for Christmas? Did you not get one for Christmas? Christmas is six months away, seven months away. Ain't that crazy? That's how fast the year goes. So June 4th, we're going to get some insights into it. And it's going to look beautiful. And kids will come back to their mom and say, Ma'am, I just watched YouTube of PlayStation coming out. I want one. And because you've been COVIDing and saving money and not going out, you're going to try to get one. For the record, the moment Amazon says we're selling PlayStations, I tend to order five. Um, and it sucks up a lot of money. But uh, I'm good with that because I can sell them to my friends at cost. Or I can sell them to friends with a 10% markup. Or I can put them on eBay and make double my money. 
I know you're saying you're that kind of cheap, aren't you? You're that kind of a gouger. Keep in mind, a console hasn't come out in six years. NVIDIA is a great performer right now. They're moving higher. Um, and again, they're tied towards that Sony PlayStation announcement in the fact that they're not in it. AMD got the contracts for the Sony PlayStation and the new Xbox coming out this Christmas. So AMD, between the two, I think might have a little more momentum locked up. Now you got to look at the numbers. you got to drill down. But that's the simplest. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, Party City. Party City stock up 60%. Um, they basically are a bankrupt kind of company, but they reached a deal with bondholders. I don't like playing those games. Do I want to be up 60%? Heck yeah. I want to be at, yeah, up 60% because I bought a company that had great technology and someone acquires it, but not because they're negotiating their bankruptcies. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Questions, drop them to rob at robblackshow.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Consumer spending fell off a cliff last month, but consumer saving, unbelievable. That's money that we are eventually going to spend. When consumer savings climb, money's staying in our bank. Now, some of it may have been that you got a check from the government. That may have been your savings, but something tells me maybe not, too. Consumer spending falls off cliff saving. Um, data offers some hope for future spending. Lululemon. Lululemon. Their stock is rising because yoga wear has legs, especially in times of COVID. How often in the last month of staying at home did you just stay in your sweats all day? <laughs> some of you. Or it was like 1 o'clock and you're like, I really should take a shower. That turns into 3 o'clock. Lululemon has seen its price target bumped up from 250 to 335 saying that the impact of COVID, coronavirus, the central takeaway is that earnings are going to decline in a short-term way, but long-term secular winner in retail. Okay. That's one analyst's opinion, and you should kind of build a case in your head of what are what's out there and what's not. Oil sinks on demand jitters as U.S.-China tensions heat up. We love cheap stuff. We have stores called dollar stores because we like stuff that's cheap so much. We don't like factories. Now, that's a bold statement because we have all sorts of factories, right? Factories that make cars, factories that make energy, factories that make clothes. We want China to do all that. So as we get into a tiff with China, maybe it disrupts a little of the production and the consumption of oil. I can go into Contago. I don't want to. Um, I don't think that's going to help you. Donald Trump is going to talk about China today. That's something we're going to pay a little bit of attention to. Fed Chairman 
I started this show a few hours ago. Fed Reserve Chairman, I said he's going to be a big part of the day. He said, uh, the Fed is committed to using its tools to do whatever it takes to help the economy. Good. The Fed is using lending tools, not spending tools. That's a nice phrase. The government, Congress, and the president should come up with the spending aspect of it. But to make lending easier, they've, they said, here's buckets of money. Any bank that wants it, come get it. Buckets of money. Powell said at the beginning of the crisis, the Fed planned on using tools to their fullest extent. Fed's roles are meant to execute in strictly non-political ways. Get this. This is a political year. And every presidential election that I've been involved in as an investor, the Fed typically does nothing in the three months heading into it. Because they don't want to goose the economy or they don't want to hurt the economy or be perceived as goosing the economy, or be perceived as hurting the economy. So, will they have that leeway this time? The Fed has become comfortable um, with what they're doing. They've crossed a lot of lines in the sand that they've never crossed before. It was 10 years ago that we had the last major crisis where the Fed jumped in. In that case, it was the the banks that had bad mortgages due to bad lending practices that Congress enabled and that Congress pushed. I know you're saying, I want the banks to be the evil ones here. I think it's the congressmen. The congressmen came up with laws that said, if you want a mortgage, you should be able to get a mortgage. America has a right to get a mortgage. Look at everyone making money by owning a house. Everyone should make, and my, my constituents should know that I want everyone to own a house. And that's what happened. And then the economy hit a recession, and it got blown out of proportion. So the Fed's saying they're willing to do whatever it takes as long as necessary. Don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the Fed. Uh, William Sonoma is saying quarter went really well. And like, how is that possible? They have stores that were supposed to go in. Well, people are getting beer mugs and steins and stuff like that for their homes. VMware up 7% today. Solid earnings report. They do a lot of the virtualization and technologies that allow you to you know, uh, use your server that's at your desk while you're not at your desk, but you're at your home. Dell also reported uh, solid earnings. Again, people working at home, we had to get computers. Isn't that ludicrous, but isn't it true? Google up today, as is Amazon. Modest gains. Nothing crazy. On the loser side, Costco, not the best quarter. Salesforce, not the best guidance. Twitter in the crosshairs of President Trump for hiding one of his tweets. So that's out there. Um, I'm kind of stoked the PlayStation 5. We're going to get to see it. Relatively soon, like next Thursday. Um, and that'll start getting some excitement for life after COVID for a portion of our po- our population. Now, don't get me wrong. Video games will rot your brain, right? That's what mom said. And I played video games as a kid. I, I, I did the arcade version where you had to get $10 a quarters and make it last as long as you could. Um, so the day when they invented consoles and I no longer had to refresh my quarter supply every time I wanted to play video games was a great day for me. Um, to this day, I dabble. 
uh, I like to see what my kids are playing, and I like to see how technology grows. I think my very first video game that I played was at a pizza parlor. I think it was called Shootout. It was just, all that it did was move your cowboy up and down. One cowboy on the left, one on the right. And you were playing with a buddy, and you had a six-shooter that you hit one button, and it would shoot a shot across the screen really slowly. And somehow, some way, shape, form, you kind of hope that you had the momentum that he was going in the wrong direction or something like that. To see where it's at today is pretty darn cool. Costco was slowed down by stay-at-home measures and waning stockpiling effect. Um, Yes, America, you made it through the COVID-19 lockdown, and you didn't have to wipe your hiney with newspaper or whatever else you were like looking at going, I can do that. So the stockpiling is starting to slow. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. What an interesting year the market's already been. We've started with super high valuations in a 9, 10-year bull market. We go into COVID shutdown. We go into massive death. Coming out of it, opening up new rules, new regulations, new costs, probably more inflation coming because of all that. But we also get a chance to speak with CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you today? Doing well, Mr. Black. How are you? COVID lockdown doesn't have you going crazy? Not too bad. I think we're just all getting used to it now, and it's been really busy lately. So I'm dealing pretty well. It's just interesting to see the kids handle school online and then try to figure out what summer is going to look like now. And fall. So our friend Tony, his kid's going to kindergarten in the fall, and I'm like, his kid's not going to get the great experience. He's going to get, like, a messed up. But anyway, I digress. Um, we got an email yesterday from a long-time listener, and I wanted—I asked you about it, and you said, sure, I'll do that. So this is going to be our content. It comes to us from Tommy. Tommy says, any advice to a newly forced retired 53-year-old? That seems a little bit young. I have a pension, but I am not drawing yet a 401k. I am not drawing a military service-connected disability that I also receive income of about $1,100 a month. That's pretty cool. I currently receive unemployment. I have over 30 k in individual stocks currently in the market. That doesn't sound like a lot. I receive medical from the military, but my family does not. My major concern right now is them and healthcare. Born and raised in the Bay Area, no plans to move. Mortgage is $2,400. Whoa, that's low. And other expenses are about the same. I'm young enough to continue to working. A lot going on. Let's start tackling it right there. People get the idea of 53 years old. I don't see a lot of money there. Um, What are the steps he needs to start taking um, to figure out what he does with his his financial life? Yeah, I mean, the first one is just to get organized, I guess. you got to gather everything up. I mean, he mentioned 401k and different accounts in there, but he didn't really mention accounts, values. So, what are the what are the values here? Because if you're 53 years old and you're retiring, you've got a certain amount of your expenses covered by this pension. The rest is going to have to come from your portfolio. And at that age, <clears throat> at uh, you know two, more than like two and a half percent of your total portfolio value is about the max you'd want to draw, right? So if you had a million, it would be. 
$25,000 a year. Um, that's because you have 40 plus years of inflation you're going to have to deal with. So you're going to be able, you're going to have to increase your withdrawal every year to keep up with inflation. You just mentioned an inflation issue, you know, coming into this uh, segment. So is, is that enough? I mean, you can't really tell until you gather up all the documents, write down all the values, review your expenses. And until you review your expenses, there's no way you can really even answer, hey, Tommy, can you retire or not, or do you need to go back to work? Because we don't know what he's going to spend, right? 53 years old is a, is a pretty young age to retire. What are you going to do with your time? Um, what's going to keep you busy? So there's really no way to answer these questions or run any retirement test to say, yeah, you're okay to go until you know all these items. And then you got to review your life plan again, because what would you do? 53, like I said, it's a, it's a pretty young age. And I've seen people uh, you know, wealthy enough to retire at a young age, but they get bored relatively quickly after mm-hmm. you know, they, get, they get their plan in action for health and, and fitness, and then they get the honey-do list done and get all their house remodeled how they want to do it. And then they're like, okay, now what? And you've got to have some sort of a challenge in your life, whether it's learning a new language or whatever. You know what I mean, Rob? It's, it's, it's 53 is young. You don't want to get too bored. I'm pretty close to that age, and um, you know those those are real issues. And I think a couple of years ago, you didn't shock me when you said this, but I was like, he's right. You've seen people retire too early and forget about healthcare. With that said, um, let's move on with him. What are his biggest risks at this point in time? What should he be flagging as he slowly starts to assess and gather information? Well, inflation is a big one, right? Um, if, if sure. you have some sort of a fixed pension. In this case, it's disability. How long does that last? Does it go up with inflation? If not, the value of the dollar is cut in half about every 15 to 18 years because of inflation. Because if you're getting the same pension in 18 years, all these goods that you're buying now and services that you're buying now are going to be double the cost. And so if you have a big portion of your income from a pension, um, it's it's really tough to deal with. It may seem like more than enough now for some people, but in 20 years, and that's only 73, that it's not going to feel the same at all. There's also the health care issues that he already pointed out. So he's got the military uh, health care, but the family, that cost is pretty large. Um, and right now you've got the Affordable Care Act stuff. You know, what if that all changes? And healthcare costs are going up at about four to five percent inflation these days. So that's all the way until you know the kids are out of the house, and then they have to get all the way to sixty-five before Medicare can kick in. And then another big one, Rob, is liquidity. I didn't hear anything about an emergency reserve, right? And this is why emergency reserves are so important because you never know when your job is going really, really well, um, and then all of a sudden. Yeah, there's a force. You get some sort of a pandemic like this, and like anything that's tied to airlines right now, like uh, divisions of Raytheon are offering packages to people to kind of, hey, can you kind of go out and retire now? We're we're ready for you to go because we're having an issue with uh, aerospace. So you never know when this is going to happen. That's why you have to have this emergency reserve because. When you are 55 and you separate from service with a 401k, you can access that without any kind of a penalty. IRAs are 59 and a half. And so the, the only other way that you can access your retirement accounts are with a 72T distribution, which is a limited amount of income, and you have to stick with it for 
five years or until age 59 and a half, and there's all sorts of ways people can screw that up and end up paying penalties. So there is access to the retirement accounts before age 55 um, or before age 59 and a half, it's an IRA. But again, it's limited income. And how do you access lump sums then? If all he has is the $30,000 in stocks, my biggest concern is what if you need a big repair at your home or a new car or whatever? Um, so he's got to create the emergency reserves. At least the stocks are you know, high. Um, how are you going to get ne- through this period of time? you got your unemployment for a while, and then what? Where's your cash and your income going to come from? So I think liquidity um, and access to lump sum for, for emergencies is, is the biggest risk right now. Can I throw this in? He mentioned that he, does, he was born in the Bay Area, and it kind of was implying that he doesn't want to leave the Bay Area. How much do you think a family, a husband and wife, you don't have to support the kids, um, how much do you think you need to retire and stay in California if you're doing it at 65 and you're going to live another 10, 15 years? Is there a money amount in your head? Because I know inflation is different, and that's a bad question. It's too random. But well, it is because people again, won't leave the Bay Area. Yeah, and I was just talking somebody else through that they felt like they should just leave the Bay Area in retirement because the income taxes in the Bay Area are so high. But when we ran an analysis that shows, okay, you're going to have a certain amount of your cash that you're spending, uh, your taxable investments, that part of it is basis that you don't pay taxes on, the other part is capital gains, and then dividends, which are taxed at the capital gains bracket. Um, when it was all said and done, the effective state tax rate was only 6%, Rob, and that wasn't enough for them to say, okay, I'm going to move out of California, give up my property tax base under Prop 13, lose my network of friends and everybody that I hang out with now. It's just, it's just not worth it. So I don't know. It's it, the, I don't have a number because you got to take his mortgage, how long is that going to last, and then all the other expenses, and make sure that his draw rate isn't too high. So... Um, and taxes are relative to where your money is. If all of your money is in retirement accounts and pensions, that's all 100% taxable as ordinary income. But if you have a mix of cash and taxable accounts and retirement accounts and Roth IRAs, your tax situation is much lower. So it's it's all relative. It's all relative. Um, and you know you brought up 72T distributions where you can take money out of your 401k early. Do you know where the word 72T or that combination of letters and numbers comes from? Yeah, so it had to do with, I believe, way back um, when AT&T, I mean, prior yes. to like, all the split-ups and Ma Bell and all that, there was a whole bunch of forced retirements, and people were trying to figure yes. out, how do I get access to my retirement accounts in order to retire and take and, and kind of take this forced retirement? Financial Jeopardy, the 72T, T stands for AT&T. Um, good call. I'm surprised. I'm not surprised you knew that, but that made me smile because it's like financial nerd Jeopardy. Um, so back <laughs> back to Tommy. Um, running a test on his situation, is that what he should do or should he – Where 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 is he? Well, I, I think the first one is that you got to kind of answer like what would you do with your life, right? Okay. And then you, you, at the same time as you're kind of thinking through that, you can gather up all this and redo all of your expenses. Um, the, the first one is, is your linear cash flow test where you say, okay, let's assume I only earn 5.5% on all my money throughout retirement. Do I have enough money to last till age 100? And then, you know, after all that, you can run Monte Carlo simulations to say, you know, here's the order, several thousand different order of stock market returns, good years, bad years, high inflation, low inflation, and 
do you have a success rate well over 85% on a Monte Carlo simulation to retire? Those are the tests you need to do. I'm going to cut you off there, Chad. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. We work together. He's the head CFP. He's a really smart guy. He's got a show on, which is a great podcast, much more informative than mine. Mine's a little bit more entertaining, um, but all about money is in retirement. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. We want to thank Tommy for sending us that email and for being a longtime listener. And he even went out of his way to say, you both are always voices of sound reasoning. I like that. Um, that's a great compliment in these days that we live in. Find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I don't get a chance to say this off enough, but that was just a great segment with Chad. Very refreshing. Um, I've known him for a long time. And the one thing I can tell you is that he drives me crazy at times in a good way and a bad way. But he's also the smartest financial person I know. And that's a good person to know. Um, I may be able to create wealth better than him. Like I may be able to catch a tech trend. But life isn't just about creating wealth. Sometimes it's about preserving it. Sometimes it's about living life correctly. About loving your family. Being appreciative for what you got. These times when the news takes over the way it takes over, we kind of forget. Like When you see Elon Musk getting a $50 billion pay package, you're like, I chose the wrong profession. I think he had an absent father and a crazy father. And he was basically raised by a super smart uh, engineer-type mom. There's a lot to be said for math. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. The day is... Not this isn't a good day to talk about stocks and investments because we're kind of waiting to see what happens with U.S. and China tensions. Um, they're simmering. Uh, you know, China does something to basically put their thumb on top of Hong Kong. We have done business in Hong Kong for hundreds of years. We've done business in China for ten years, openly, freely, capitalist. We've done it for longer, but you get the idea. This is a big deal, and it's very, very unfortunate that we don't have two administrations that want to work together to help the world create some balance versus what's in it for me. Trump renewed his criticism of China recently. Is it to deflect from COVID? I don't know. I'm not a political strategist. Is it to catch up to Biden in the polls? I don't know. It just, it's very, very tough to uh, do this show on a daily basis and give you, I don't want to say hope, uh, but that's a tough one to figure out, U.S.-China, and it's a big one. Some people think that the United States has lost stature with how we've handled COVID and how we've handled China and how we've handled our response. We've become very isolated, as have other countries. I'm not blaming us, but... It's one of those things that it's going to be out there for a bit. Uh, to go back four years or, you know, when we weren't having trade tensions, but there was some inequality. There was some inequity going on there, too. One of the quotes that I forgot to hit this week, it was in my notes. And on Friday, I like clear out my notes and say, ah, done. I got everything out of my mind. And like today, I was looking through them and most of them, I did. I'm glad I didn't get to. There was a reason I didn't get to them. But Jamie Dimon, the boss of J.P. Morgan, said two days ago, um, 
he was talking. I like Jamie Dimon. He's the head CEO of JP Morgan Chase. He's one of those guys that does not look nice. He kind of looks like the guy that you don't want to get on his bad side. I think he's a good looking man. He's had a couple heart issues, um, but I think he's a great CEO. One of the things he said this week was don't fight the U.S. Fed, the Federal Reserve. And he said, repeat the mantra until it sticks. Don't fight the U.S. Federal Reserve. Repeat the mantra until it sticks. Don't fight the U.S. Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has lowered the cost of money to almost nothing. American companies have borrowed trillions of dollars. Over a trillion is the right way of saying that. I shouldn't say trillions. They're well-funded. Some will say, well, that's not good. Debt's not good. Now, there's good debt and bad debt. I like student loan debt if you get a math and science degree. I'm not crazy about $100,000 student loan debt on a communication or poetry major. I think the turn on investment's a lot tougher to quantify and to understand. I'd rather you, if one of, do you want to be a poetry major? Go see the world. <laughs> Go have a glass of wine and see the world. Um, I know, I'm digressing. But back to Jamie Dimon. Don't fight the Fed. Um, I'm appalled at how fast the stock market came back. It shouldn't have been that because I know we, we started the year with a high valuation and then we're dealing with COVID shutdown, which is real economic damage. And we're dealing with real people losing jobs. Some of those jobs will never come back. Some of the jobs will be slow to come back. We lost them a lot faster than we're going to get them back. Um, Chad brought up something in the last segment. He said, uh, figure out what you want to do with your life. At some point, I'm going to leave radio and TV. And I'm really, really comfortable with that. I've done everything I've set out to do. As a business person, I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. I even got an email that complimented me today. I love that. I might want to go on to be like a COVID janitor. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? I'm not really kidding. Um, maybe my next shot is I don't want to be a stewardess or steward. I, I, too late to become a pilot. But if I wanted to see the world in retirement, maybe I can convince an airline to say, hey, let me be the guy who walks up and down the aisles for the next 10 years and uh, tells people to put on their mask or walk up and down the aisles and, and clean people's trays before serving them or after taking their food away. I don't know. That's going to be a new job. <laughs> There's going to be inflation. If you're a cleaning person, you could probably charge more money. If you make cleaning products, you could probably charge more money. That's another thing that I wanted to get to is we are going to see some inflation come out of this. We haven't seen inflation in such a long time. But I was watching an interview with a, a really top-notch chef in San Francisco, and he said, you know, we, we got to change the way this works because uh, it's not working. We can't shut down for a month. We can't. We don't have those kind of margins. And if you know anyone who owns a restaurant like um, a burger joint, like a Five Guys, I do. They're not rolling in money. Um, he said, we're going to have to raise prices. So inflation is coming. He says, if we have to clean more, if we have to have fewer tables, we're going to have to raise prices. Otherwise, the joy of going out to eat is going to go away because you need volume, volume, volume. You need to turn the table five times a day in a restaurant. And if you're spacing out tables, you're not going to be able to pull that off. Anyway. Inflation is coming. That's my happy note to go into the weekend. <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We're focusing on Trump and China today. We're focusing on Fed Chairman Powell. He's speaking in just a couple of moments. 
and we're saving a lot of money. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com and robblackshow.com.